You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus. At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt Pumpfakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team. Powered by Seahawks.com. What up, 12s? This is Michael Bumpus with Nasa Chobie. You're listening to Hawk Talk Preview Edition Week 13. The Seahawks take on the Giants. Before we dive in, here's Nasa Chobie with the injury updates. Thanks, Bump. Well, the Seahawks came out of the game against the Eagles pretty healthy. Chris Carson, who played in his first game since week seven, was a little sore given his first game action in a while, but he should be fine for Sunday's game against the Giants. However, Carlos Dunlap, he was a new addition to the injury report this week. Head coach Pete Carroll gave us an update on where he stands in his status for this weekend. As far as Carlos is concerned, he's got a sore foot. Um, there's a little something going on, but nothing serious. And so we'll just need to see how he goes and handles the week. I can't tell you how he'll be on, on game day yet, um, but we're hopeful and he's hopeful he'll be able to play. Running back Rashad Penny and draft pick Daryl Taylor, who have yet to practice with the Seahawks this season, seem to be getting even closer for a possible return next week. We're going to get word by the end of the week here on on Daryl. Rashad's getting real close to doing some stuff, and so I'm excited to see if it's going to be this these these next couple days or it's next Monday, but we're right there for, for Rashad to jump back in here. Lastly, cornerback Quinton Dunbar is making a lot of progress, suffering from a knee injury that placed him on IR three weeks ago. Pete Carroll gave us an update on whether we will see him back next week. He's got to wait one more week before he can come back, and I think he's going to be ready to do that. I think from the way things are going, he's got a chance. Before we get going, don't forget, every Thursday at 7 p.m. at Talks Live on 710 ESPN Seattle, let Michael Bumbus and Paul Moyer prepare you for each and every game with their insight, analysis, player interviews, and behind-the-scenes look at the next Seahawks matchup. Let's get right into it. Who's next? The New York Giants. Who's next? I'll tell you who's next. The first place, New York Giants. They are first place in the NFC East. Not saying much, but it's still first place. They still got a spot in the playoffs right now. And this is the NFL, so you have to respect every opponent that you play. Here are their wins. They're four and seven, but here are their wins. Two wins against the Washington football team. One win against the Eagles. Another win against the Cincinnati Bengals. You look at this team, you look at their record, and it's easy to try to go to sleep on these guys. But I got to remind people, Nas. This is the National Football League. Anybody can get it on any day. Now you can even get it on a Wednesday, depending on what your (laughs) schedule looks like. You get it any day of the week here. No question about it. And here's the thing, man. I think think what you have to look at, uh, it's the second week in a row playing the NFC East, and it's these guys have something to play for. So you mentioned it is the National Football League, and yes, they're four and seven, and you can look at all those losses. I mean, this team started the season 0-5. I mean, they they were dead in the water 0-5. They've won 4-6, but they got something to play for, and they're in first place right now, so they're still – a dangerous team because they're hungry and they know they can still get into the playoffs and host a, a first-round playoff game. So, despite the record, I think they're, they're something that they've got to be reckoned with and we, we can't take them lightly. With that being said, this is a game, I'll come out and say it from the jump, that the Seahawks should win and should win by more than double digits. They should win. I'm with you there. They have a might have a backup quarterback. We'll see what the situation looks like with Jones. He had a hamstring injury, I believe. Colt McCoy would be the next guy up. We don't know what's going to happen there, but let's take a closer look. The head-to-head comparison. All right. NFL rank, when it comes to offense, when it comes to offense, the Seahawks just got them in every category. Seahawks are fifth. 
in total offense. They're 29th. Seahawks are fourth in passing offense. They're 28. Seahawks are 12th in rushing. They are 15th. Seahawks are third in points per game. They are 30th allowing, or excuse me, scoring 19.5. You look at the paper. You look at the sheets. You look at the stats. They should win this game offensively. They are better. Flip it over to the defense. Okay, you're going to look at the stats. You're going to be like, all right, well, Giants have a better defense. They're 10th in total defense, 19th in passing. But we all know what the Seahawks defense looks like as of late. So I kind of, I mean, you have to look at the data. You got to respect the numbers, but you got to turn on the film and also see who's playing better football at this point. Yeah, and right now, I mean, yes, the the, the Giants have won three games in a row, but if we're looking at who's playing better football, it's the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, you mentioned there you brought up our defense. Of course, we've been beating this, beating you guys over the head with this from the beginning of the season. The Seahawks are not going to come back in the defensive numbers. Yes, they're 32nd in total defense. Yes, they're 32nd in pass defense. Points per game, 26. But you got to look at the last 10 quarters. The last 10 quarters, the Seahawks defense has played really good football, They've held opponents to under 30 points, under 350 yards each and every week. So they're playing their best ball of the season as of late. So numbers aside, on the defensive side of the ball, um, the Seahawks, you just look at these guys on paper, and and honestly for me, I just there's just no way that I think the Giants could come down to Lumen Field and get a win. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, Mom, I don't want to get too confident. Me and you can get confident because we're not playing on Sunday. <laughs> but I'm just saying I'm, I'm looking at the numbers, and I just don't see how they can get it done. And, and we'll get into some key matchups. But Daniel Jones, he's out right now. Um, Judge came up to the podium this week and said he's not sure. We're going to wait and see as he goes through practice. But judging by their last game, his hamstring looked pretty bad. He got pulled. He couldn't throw off his back foot or do anything like that. And Cole McCoy comes into the game. He's been a backup, hasn't played a lot of football. So, they got things to play for, but the, the Seahawks, I think, especially building off the last two weeks with the momentum that they have, should come out on top and handle it. This defense looks different. This offense looks different. A little more um, run-oriented or, or taking your time down the field when it comes to this offense. This defense looks explosive. Jamal Adams is getting after it. Dunlap is getting after it. And this defense is number three against the run, so there's something they can, they can hold on to right there. Now let's get to know these two teams. Know your history. Know your history. All right, so these teams don't play a ton, but the series record all time is 9-9 nine and nine with the Seahawks winning the last four matchups. Last two times, or last time these two met, the Seahawks pulled out a 24-7 to victory in the Meadowlands in 2017. Dominating performance by the Seahawks defense, but Russell Wilson is one who came out and stole the show. Was 27 for 39 for 334 yards and three touchdowns. Doug Baldwin also had a great game with nine receptions for 92 yards and a tud. But interestingly enough, Bump, in that game on the defensive line leading them in tackles, Damon Snacks Harrison. He had seven tackles and one TFL in the game. So Damon Snacks going against his former team. And honestly, yes, he came from Detroit, but Snacks became an all-pro and the good football player that all of us know him by in a Giants uniform. So it'll be cool for him to go up against his old uh, team. Well, now he's playing for the good guys, so we can we can expect even bigger numbers now, right? He has seven tackles. I'm going to give him nine. He had one tackle <laughs> for loss. I'm going to give him two. Snacks is going to step his game up against his former boys. Let's take a look at the NFC West. What's the word in the West? Where my soldiers at? West side. Where my soldiers at? West side. And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again. What's the word in the West on Hawk Talk? I'll tell you what the word is. The Hawks are sitting on top of the division at eight and three. The Rams right behind them at seven and four. Cardinals six and five. 
and San Francisco, they probably won't make the playoffs, but they are still in the hunt at five and six. And this was a crazy weekend for the Seattle Seahawks. The Cardinals lose to the Patriots, lose to the Patriots. They got their run game going again. They had about 150 yards, 160 yards rushing. Drake had two touchdowns. They fixed that. But I'm looking at Kyler Murray, and I think teams are starting to figure it out. They're starting to figure it out. He's not able to get outside the pocket like he's used to doing, and they're starting to blitz him. He's being blitzed 39% of the time. They're one and three last four games. Before that, being blitzed 17% of the time, and they're balling. So Kyler Murray's in a place where Russell was maybe a few weeks ago to where you're starting to get different looks on defense against defenses, and you have to try to figure it out. And Cam Newton. I'm, I'm a Cam Newton supporter. As long as he ain't playing the Hawks, I want to see Cam Newton have some success. Finally, he came through with a big run on third down to kind of extend that drive. Got a penalty, uh, got hit late, which I don't think it was a late hit. I don't think it was a dirty hit, but they called a penalty for him. Uh, he was stepping out of bounds. He got hit by the rookie linebacker. They put them away with the field goal. I wasn't expecting New England to get it done. No, I wasn't at all. And and quite frankly, especially um, just the way they're playing and, and they didn't play well offensively. I mean, like you, you mentioned being a Cam Newton supporter, and I am too. It just looks rough. Every single yeah. yard is hard to get. And, like, and I don't know if Cam is still hurt or it's just because they have zero offensive weapons in terms of the outside. But, I mean, it's, it's painful. I mean, this is like the second week in a row. I think maybe the third or fourth time all year that Cam Newton hasn't thrown for 100 yards. I mean, this Crazy. man was a former league MVP, so I don't know if it's Cam being hurt. I don't know if it's his lack of weapons on offense. I don't know if it's Bill Belichick. I don't know if it's Josh McDaniels. But something is not right over there. With that being said, he did just enough, so there's a little redemption. Like I said, I thought they were mm-hmm. trying to run the clock out. It was third and 13. He somehow scrambles with first down, gets hit out of bounds, ticky-tack call. Obviously, if you're a Seahawks fan, you enjoyed that because that set up the game-winning field goal. And you mentioned about Kyler Murray. So – is this them getting figured – is this Kyler Murray being figured out or is this Cliff Kingsbury being figured out with the offense he's trying to bring from Texas Tech to fit Kyler Murray? Is this more of a, a scheme offensive coordinator issue or is this more of a Kyler Murray issue? Man, that's a good question. I, it has to be a little bit of both, right? Because players have their tendencies, and we know that any type of pressure Kyler Murray wants to get outside, scurry up the field, get to the sideline. So teams are, are game planning for that. But then also – the film is out on Kingsbury. Just like the Hawks have to adjust mid-season, mm-hmm. they have to make their adjustments as well. And I think Kingsbury, is, he's a good coach. He understands the offense and how to get guys open. But this is the NFL. Yep. You're not just going to overpower guys. So you got more talent. You have to really scheme for this. And also, Hopkins, second week in a row, five catches, 50 yards. If that man isn't getting at least mm-hmm. 15 targets, 10 catches, 100 yards, this offense is not going to go for the Arizona Cardinals. When I saw that stat, I'm thinking something's wrong. And we all know against the Hawks, Kyler had a shoulder thing going. Is yep. that affecting his game? Is that making him hesitant to run? I'm not sure, but there are some things going on that they have to figure out. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, he was contained on the ground again. He only had 31 rush yards. And this guy came in leading all quarterbacks by a big margin. I was wondering if he was going to rush for 1,000 yards. That's the clip he was on before the Seahawks game. So maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's not. Um, they're struggling right now. I mean, if you take out that Hail Mary to Hopkins, they've lost three in a row. So they're not playing good football. Um, so they fall down there. Now, the other game, Rams and 49ers. I, I, I met with my dad and my sister earlier that day. We went on a walk just talking about football. And um, the game was starting up, and I was like, well, ah, the Rams are going to win that one. I mean, the, the Niners, they're going to they're give them a, a good good effort, but there's no way they win that game. And I start following along, 
And my God, man, this game was sloppy. Seven turnovers by both teams. Both teams also scored defensive touchdowns. Robbie Gold kicked the game-winning field goal as time expired to end the 49ers' three-game losing streak. But my goodness, man, Jared Goff. We've talked about this man a lot. And Sunday, this previous Sunday, was the Jared Goff where he looks like a bottom-five quarterback. 19 of 31, 198 yards, two interceptions, and also lost a fumble. And it's just, again, I just will never understand it, how he can look so good some weeks and so bad in other weeks. And, and honestly, I think he's the key to the Rams, period. The Rams go as Jared Goff goes. Yep, exactly. And finally, we're starting to hear some criticism from his offensive coordinator slash head coach. McVay said our quarterback has to, has to take care of the football. And we've been saying that for, what, a couple of years now. He's got to take care of the football. There was an interception he threw to Richard Sherman. It looks like he was throwing it to Richard Sherman. Yes. Like, there was nobody around. I think there was a tight end leaking to the sideline, but it just didn't look confident. Now, here's a positive for the Rams. They might have something in this kid, Akers, the running back. They got three running backs over there who can get it done. They got Akers. They got Henderson. They have Malcolm Brown. That should be their formula. Also, Cooper Cup hasn't scored a touchdown in six, seven games. Get this man the football. I understand their scheme that's involved with that, but you, you, end of the day, your quarterback has to make the right decisions. I'm not seeing that out of Jared Goff. Here's my question to you, Nas: Who you take, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? Ooh, um, <laughs> yeah, God, that's a tough question. I can't believe like my initial gut reaction was was Jared Goff, but Goff. <laughs> I, I, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Um, I don't know, man, because the Carson Wentz that we saw in 2017 seems like 10 years ago. It's like I don't even recognize that yeah. guy. So, as of right now, at least at least Jared Goff, his upside, I feel like, can be really good. Right now with Wentz, he just looks broken. So I, that's a good question, Bump. But what I do know about the Rams, <laughs> the last thing I'll say about them is I don't care how they looked the week before. I don't care if Jared Goff throws 10 interceptions this week against the Cardinals. When they play the Seahawks again, we are going to get their best effort, and that game oh, yeah. is going to come down to the wire. That's just always how it goes. You already know. You already know. The West is getting wild, and on Sunday, the Rams and Cardinals square off in a huge NFC West matchup. We will be glued to that game, seeing what what's happening. Now, let's check out these matchups. Man up. Hey, who is this? Man up on Hawk Talk. Man up. Well, we usually start with the quarterback, and we're going to start with the quarterback for the New York football Giants. Don't think it's going to be Daniel Jones unless he's got some crazy um, healing power to that hamstring. We don't think we're going to see him. Um, we think we're probably going to see Colt McCoy um, taking snaps for the Giants. And now, yes, for those out there wondering, Colt McCoy is still a quarterback in the National Football League. Um, he's definitely <laughs> in for Daniel Jones. It's been a while. He's man. not a commentator yet. He, you think he'd be a commentator by now, right? For All real. those quarterbacks, man. No, man. <laughs> so he's stepped in for Daniel Jones. He's 34 years old, uh, 11th professional season. Um, it's been a while for him, man. He's got seven starts in nine years. Um, hasn't really been a starting quarterback since 2011. You know, he's appeared in just 20 games since then, starting only seven. But uh, Joe Judge talked to the media in New York this week about his confidence level if uh, Colt McCoy has to play on Sunday. I have a lot of confidence in Colt. I'll tell you what, the way this guy comes to work every day and prepares, and then every chance he gets on the field to compete. But I've been able to play again. We're a coach against this guy. Now he's with us right now. You get to see how competitive this guy is. 
He's got a lot of instincts, a lot of savvy draws on his experience. He's a tough dude. He's mentally tough. He's physically tough. You know, he's a guy that's very well respected on his team in the locker room and on the field. The guys really like Colt. They rally around him just like they do Daniel. You know, he's a guy that puts a lot of confidence in the players in the huddle. I always talk about, you know, you want a quarterback who's going to step in that huddle and have 10 sets of eyes looking at him knowing that this guy's going to give them the answer. And I think Colt's that guy. So, of course, your head coach uh, with a backup quarterback stepping in is going to have his back. He's going to say you have all the confidence in the world. We know what he can do. Um, you got to speak it into existence, right? So, Cole McCoy, this is how long it's been. He hasn't won a game as a starting quarterback since October 27th of 2014 against Tony Romo and the Cowboys in overtime. He did start a game last year for the Giants. He went 18 for 27, 122 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and was sacked six times in a blowout loss. So, if you're the Seahawks defense, man, I think you're licking your chops and you're ready to rock, man, because you need to force turnovers, and especially after what we did to Carson Wentz last week. I mean, you, this is a game where I feel like we make a jump in the defensive categories this week. <laughs> you better make a jump. Man, Judge, man, I appreciate you trying to hype up your quarterback, but there's a reason why he's only started seven games. He's been in the league, what, 11 years? Yeah. Seven games appeared in 20. No disrespect to Cole. You're making way more money than me holding the clipboard, <laughs> but I don't think he's the guy. And if he comes out and performs great, then I'd be surprised. And I would say that this defense has some other issues they need to work through in regards to the Seattle Seahawks. I just don't see it happening. Um, but I can never hate on a man who's been collecting checks from the league for 11 years. I mean, good for you. Good for you, Colt McCoy, but Seahawks are about to get at you. All right, next match of Russell Wilson versus the Giants defense. Russell has 3,216 yards, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, but two straight games with no turnovers. And that's what I think we should focus on. He's taking care of the football. He has a run game that's going to help him now. And I think he's settled down. He he's understands that there are going to be times where he has to take the game over, but at this point of the season, he doesn't have to. Right now, it's just put points on the board, take care of the football, and just survive. There are no style points. People are, like, asking yep. for Russell Wilson to get back to four or five touchdowns and we need to blow guys out. I don't care about the blowout. I understand it's stressful. I understand it's, it's, it's not fun watching a team throw a Hail Mary at the end of the game and put an extra seven on the board. But I also know that it's a marathon, and they're eight and three. And Russell has, has gotten back to his responsible self by taking care of the football. So – I'm all right with how he's playing. Oh, no question about it. Because, like you said, this this isn't this isn't the year 2004, and we're hoping to get into the BCS. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes, four and five touchdowns was great. We all loved it. We all loved Let Russ Cook. We all loved uh, the MVP talk each and every single week. But, like I said, like you said, I think in our last podcast, it, it's kind of nice that we're not so concerned and focused about the MVP and Russ is just doing what he has to do to get this team to win games. And by no means is he just managing the game. He's still making all the plays and all the throws and all the decisions, yep. all the protections, all that stuff. Russ is still doing it and doing it at a high level. Um, but now we're just getting what we have to get done. We're getting ourselves in the best position to win. We're getting our running backs back and our running game is starting to show up. So love how Russ is playing. Um, the Giants, if you're going to give them strength, it's their defense. Like we mentioned earlier, they're only allowing 23 mm -hmm. points a game. Um, they're okay against the pass, 245 pass yards a game. Um, but all that being said, Russell only has three touchdown passes in three weeks. So I'm just saying, I feel like he's due for a big game. <laughs> I'm not saying we need due him to throw 400 yards and five touchdowns, but I could see him going off, especially because I don't know anyone 
in a Giants uniform that is going to match up with DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. So I could see them having a big game. I am with you there. The next matchup, Giants receiving core versus Seahawks secondary. Now, no one really jumps off the page when you look at the stats. You even look at the film. No one really, no one does anything for you. But they do have a guy in Darius Slayton who has 38 receptions, 584 yards, and three touchdowns. You and I talked before we got on air here. Evan Ingram is probably their best offensive threat. 44 receptions. He's a tight end, 476 yards, and one touchdown. One thing I like about Ingram is that he's got a little burst when the ball is in his hands. Yep. And he will go up and attack the football out the air. If he was on any other football team, any other any other football team outside of the NFC East, <laughs> he might be getting more love than he's getting right now. No question about it. I think he's a matchup nightmare. Uh, I was watching the game tape against the Bengals uh, this last Sunday, and he's beating corners. He's beating quarters on, on deep balls. He's getting inside. He's nice in his route, uh, route running. And if he's lined up against a, if he's matched up on a linebacker, that's typically a loss every single time. I mean, Ingram is good. He he's solid. Not the he's not a world beater. He's not a George Kittle in the run game, but he's going to get yeah. it done. And and like we like you mentioned, I, I do think he's their best offensive weapon. So he's definitely someone that the Seahawks defense. If you're going to focus on anybody, it's that man right there. If Golden Tate now Golden Tate plays for the Giants, twenty eight receptions, three hundred six yards, two touchdowns. If the twelves were in Lumen. Field Stadium. I'm sorry if I'm jacking that up. What is the Lumen Stadium? Lumen Field. Lumen Field. Lumen Field. If, if the Twelves are in Lumen Field, does Golden Tate get a standing ovation? I think so. I think it's a smattering. I think it's eighty twenty. I think 80 percent cheers, maybe twenty percent boos. But I mean, Golden did a ton for this football team. Obviously, helped bring us the only Super Bowl championship um, for this organization. So much love for Golden Tate. I think just because yep. it's football fans, there's going to be some people that boo. He's not wearing the, the right uniform anymore. But uh, it'll be interesting to see because he's still a good football player. You just don't really hear much about him. I know there's a little friction in the Giants locker room. I think at one point he wanted to get traded and talked about that, apologized for that, and is still performing. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like on Sunday. All right, next matchup. Who you got, Nass? Wayne Gallman, running back. Yes, Seahawks fans. For those listening out there, Wayne Goldman is their starting running back. He's not Saquon Barkley, who went down in week two with an injury, or Devonta Freeman, who you guys remember from the Falcons, who also has been injured. But Wayne Goldman's a solid running back, okay? He's got 93 carries for 369 yards and five rushing touchdowns. Um, Daniel Jones was leading the team at the quarterback position in rushing. But Goldman's a good athlete. He's, he's explosive. He's kind of elusive. He's not the tough physical runner that, like, a Chris Carson is. Um, but he's solid. He's solid. He's going to get the job done. He can run in between the tackles. He can get outside. Um, and the Giants as a team, they're kind of in the middle when it comes to running the ball, averaging 113 yards per game. So he's a guy that it's one of those things where he can't go off, obviously. He, he's someone they need to yeah. contain and continue to do a good job stopping the run. Um, but he's not someone that you immediately circle and feel like you need to have an extra meeting for, in my opinion. I think he's a solid dude. Yeah. Um, should be respected, but Nothing, nothing over the top crazy. The thing what scares me about running backs in the NFL is that anyone's capable of having a day. Right? We talk about Goldman, and but if 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 the the gaps are there, if the lanes are there, if, if he's feeling good, he can have a day. So they have to make sure that they make the Giants who they are. Not a very good offensive football team, and don't let guys that you don't really know about go off like young man Wayne. All right, next matchup. DK Metcalf versus 
everybody on the Giants defense. This dude had 10 catches, 177 yards in week 12. He leads the league with 1,039 yards. He has five games of at least 100 receiving yards this season, tied for the most in the league. Uh, you, you, you called it, Nass. You called it. Superstar in the making. I'm just going to say he's a superstar now. It, it, yep. it's, it's facts now. This dude has 1,000 yards his second year in the league. You look at his numbers, two years compared to Megatron, even good old Jerry, and there was one more other receiver. Anyway, you compare his first two years to the greats, he's right up there throwing hands, making a case that he might be one of the best receivers to play this game if – he continues on the path that he is on. Oh, no question about it. I think he's on the path of being a perennial pro bowler as well as an all-pro caliber guy. And you look at it right now, and it's not even like he's doing it in the way that others are doing it. Like, when you look at Hopkins, who in my opinion is probably the best receiver in the National Football League today, if you had to pick yep. just number one, he, the volume, apart from the last two weeks, the volume of targets that he has is way different. He has way more targets than a DK Metcalf. Um, you look at Diggs in Buffalo, he has a lot more targets than Metcalf. So DK is just doing it in big, explosive ways, and he's finding a different way to do it each and every single week. So I think DK is creeping that conversation. If you're talking about top receivers in the league, DK Metcalf is in the top three. And he continues to do it, and I don't know who on the Giants is going to be able to get in front of him or stop him. The only person that's had any chance slowing him down this year was Jalen Ramsey, and we all know that is circled on everybody's calendar for that matchup when it happens again. But DK is just another dude, man, and he's getting under dude's skin, man. He is making DBs angry. And honestly, I feel it because if I was a DB going against him, (laughs) I would be angry too. I'd be there trying to be getting physical, and when you think you have good coverage and you get mossed or you get ran over or you can't get off him in the run game, yeah, you start getting frustrated. You start pushing after the play. You start yelling. You start (laughs) complaining to the referees. I mean, I I get it, and I understand why flags are getting thrown. DK makes DBs insecure. They're like, (laughs) it ain't going to be me. He ain't going to do that to me. Yes, he is. He's going to do that to you. Only one man has been able to contain him a bit so far, like you mentioned. That is Jalen Ramsey. And now, because DK has been having such a great season, it's time for number 16. I feel like 16, Tyler Lockett is going to have a day this weekend. Now let's talk about how they're going to get this W, the path to victory. At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to victory on Hawk Talk. How will the Seahawks improve to 9-3 and three in the win column? Well, I'll tell you. Take care of the teams you're supposed to beat. First thing you need to do, make Colt McCoy look like a backup quarterback and someone who hasn't really played in almost a decade as a starting quarterback in this league. He is someone who obviously, no disrespect to him, he's been in the league for this long for a reason, but he's not the starting quarterback. You have another guy in there. You're playing well defensively. You need to make it look that way. You need to get after him in the pass rush. You need to create turnover. You need to do all those things. So just just show up, man. Don't, don't let him come out there and throw for 300 yards and bring up all those questions about where we are as a defense. The defense is trending in the right direction, so let's keep it up and make it look like that. They're trending in the right direction. I was watching Sports Center. Ryan Clark says they are the hottest defense in the league right now. Okay. So let's keep that rolling. And like you mentioned, turnovers. One turnover last week against Carson Wentz. Diggs had interception, his third interception of the year in the end zone. We need more of that. We need Colt McCoy to be confused. We need him to feel like 
he is a backup quarterback and things are happening really fast for him. So get pressure on him, make him turn the football over. And then if you get another opportunity like that, Diggs, take it out the end zone, get your Ed Reed on. Let's take that thing 102. Let's go. Come on, man. Hey, and this you hear this from every coach out there. Alignment, assignment, key, finish, right? This game is one that the Seahawks need to dominate defensively. And it's not even just win. The way they started the game against the Eagles, that was the game they needed to dominate. And they started the game with five three and outs. The Seahawks defense needs to do that same thing again. And it just starts a little thing. Get lined up right, do your assignment, do your job, and keep it up. And right now they're playing good. I mean, it's fun watching them. Last week was fun watching Jamal yeah. Adams and Diggs. And you can just feel the energy. Bobby Wagner, Jordan Brooks, everyone is flying around. And they look like they're having fun, so they need to keep that up. Keep that up and get Chris Carson going. He had eight to 10, 10 carries last week, 41 yards and a touchdown. And that was his warm-up game. That was okay. Let's see how you feel. Let's see what you got. He looked healthy to me. There was a burst that I haven't seen out of any other running back in the backfield for the Seahawks this year. So get him going. 18 to 20 touches. I'm with that. Maybe three to four receptions. I'm with that as well. Get into the red zone. Finish the drives. The Hawks are one of the best in the red zone to start the season. I think they're somewhere still near the, the top half of the league, but get back to doing what you do. No question about it. And then you just mentioned in our last segment, Tyler Lockett needs to be involved more offensively. He's been quiet for the last couple of weeks, and he's just too good and, and too important to what we do. Obviously, we know teams are scheming and trying to figure out to take things away, to take away those deep crosses, to take away some of Tyler's favorite routes, but we need to find a way to get him the ball. It has to make us that much better. Same with Will Disley, man. With Greg Olson going down, we know um, Jake Hollister has been doing a good job. He's one of Russell's favorite targets in the tight end room. But Will Disley, we know what he can do in the first two years in this league. We need to get him more involved in the pass game. Um, you know, part of this is because he's a good blocker. He does he does the dirty work. He does everything this team needs him to do. But I want to see him out there getting more targets, making more plays in the pass game because he's just too talented to do so. Reminder, everyone, you can hear us everywhere, Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and much more. Also, Cairo Radio and 710 ESPN Seattle is your home for the Seattle Seahawks. Don't miss the Pete Carroll Show on 710 ESPN Seattle at 930 when he joins Danny Gallant and Michael Bumpus the morning after every game. Bump, it is time. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Let's go 9-3. Nine and three is where you want to be. Let's get it, baby. Week 13, that was Hawk Talk Preview Edition with me, Michael Bumpus, Nasa Chobie. We'll holler at y'all in a few days.